on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Brian D. Not today, Cincinnati. Brian D. in for Matt Pauley. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. The Milwaukee Brewers, two wins in a row now against the Cincinnati Reds. They take this afternoon's game in Cincy. Final score, 7-3. to three. But the big story of the day is Lorenzo Kane. If you're just joining us, if you missed the big news earlier this afternoon prior to the game, Lorenzo Kane, a Brewer no longer. The Brewers designated Kane for assignments before today's game. He's 36 years old, and Lowe really hinted at potential retirement with this move. Um, it, it, it's sad. It's sad to see this end this way, but at the same time, this was presented by the Brewers and by Lowe as a mutual decision, and quite frankly, Lowe looked like he was standing on his last baseball legs. So far this season hitting just 179 and 145 at-bats. This Brewers offense struggling as it is. He was 4 for 26 in the month of June. No walks, 7 Ks. Really, this was a couple of years in the making. Lorenzo Cain was incredible back in 2018 and 2019 for this Brewers team as they made deep playoff runs and reestablished themselves as World Series contenders in the National League. He was a big part of that rebuild. But then 2020 happens. And low, and you can never blame a guy for doing this, he opted out of that truncated 2020 season just for health and safety reasons for his family. You can't blame him for that. Last year, plagued by injury all season long, and this year just could not piece it together. He is no longer a Milwaukee Brewer, and it's looking like he's potentially going to retire based upon some of his comments after being designated for assignments earlier today. So we want to hear from you. 855-616-1620 is the Akinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line for you to get into the show. Not only to react to the Brewers' 73 win over the Reds, but also want to ask you for your lasting memory of Lorenzo Kane. For me, it's this. 1-0. Swinging. Fly ball. Right center. On the warning track. At the wall. Leaping and caught. By Lorenzo Kane. And this one is over. Opening day 2019, Lorenzo Cain robs a home run for the final out of a 5-4 win over the Cardinals. One of the most memorable plays in Brewers history, let alone of Lorenzo Cain's illustrious career. That's the memory for me, uh, is being a dominant defensive player in center field. And it's baffling that 2019 was his first gold glove year. Like, he was, he was 33, 34 years old at that point, had been in the league for a long time, started with the Brewers organization, had a great career with the Kansas City Royals, helped lead them to a World Series championship. But the fact that it took that long for Lorenzo Kane to win a Gold Glove Award is just baffling. But he finally got that done. Bigger than that, though, my lasting memory of Lowe is going to be that he was one of the two or three guys within the entire Brewers organization, top to bottom, that really led to this renaissance of Brewers baseball that has gotten them back into perennial contention. It's Lowe, it's Christian Yelich, 
it's Craig Council, and it's David Stearns. I think those are the big four pieces that have led this huge turnaround where they're back to being contending every single year. Lorenzo Cain didn't have to come here. He wasn't traded here like Christian Yelich was. He opted to be here. He signed here in free agency. Five years, $80 million. It's a pretty penny for sure. But Lowe understood where the Brewers were when he signed that free agent contract. They were on the up and up. They were 86-76 and 76 after 2017, going into the year three under Craig Council's leadership. And it was time to take a big step. It was time to get back into the playoffs for the first time since 2011 at that juncture. The Brewers understood. David Stearns understood. Craig Council understood. They needed player leadership at that point. Lorenzo Cain was a huge piece, as was Christian Yelich, unbeknownst to us at that time. And Yelich's gone through his trials and tribulations since then. But having that veteran presence in the clubhouse day in and day out, the consummate pro that was able to lead some of these young guys and reestablish the Brewers as a contender in the NL Central and in the National League, that for me is always going to be Lorenzo Cain's legacy as a Milwaukee Brewer. What happens next? Well, this swings the door wide open for Tyrone Taylor, who had an unbelievable month of May at the dish for the Milwaukee Brewers, and Brewers leadership believes in him firmly. You know, I think, I think we, we talk about steady progressions and guys getting incrementally better, and I think that's what we've seen with Tyrone. That is Brewers President of Baseball Operations David Stearns joining our team on Wisconsin's Morning News here on WTMJ. They believe in Tyrone. And he's been around for a while, too. It's not like he's a young rookie where you're going to have to see some establishment. Like you saw with Jonathan Davis coming up today for the Brewers. Had a nice hit, which is great. He was the guy that was activated uh, alongside this Lorenzo Cain DFA move. But this swings the door open for Tyrone Taylor. Can he establish himself as the everyday center fielder? I think that's the plan going forward. We, we'll, we will see how it shakes out in the coming days, weeks, and months. 855-616-1620, the Akinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What is your lasting memory of Lorenzo Cain designated for assignment earlier today? We will get to you and a big milestone for a young Milwaukee Brewers pitcher today. Brewers beat the Reds 7-3. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Here's a line drive into right center field. That's going to get down and roll all the way to the wall. Yelich could walk home if he wanted to. Telez turns first and jogs into second with an RBI double. And the Brewers with an early 1-0 lead. And Rowdy Telez with a tip of the cap to Lorenzo Kane after that RBI double. Throwing up the patented low Kane spirit fingers. I guess that's what we call them. We saw them so many times during Lowe's illustrious career as a Milwaukee Brewer. Brian Dean for Matt Pauley on Brewers Extra Innings. The crew takes care of business in Cincinnati this afternoon, beats the Reds by a final score of 7-3. They go for the series sweep tomorrow. It'll be a 12-40 first pitch. We're asking you here on Brewers Extra Innings on the Academic Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. What is your lasting memory of Lorenzo Cain? designated for assignments earlier today at the age of 36. He was hitting just 179 so far this season. It was really time. We'd love to hear your lasting memory. Mine is being one of the three or four guys that reestablished winning culture here in Milwaukee for baseball. Let's ask that question before we get to the talk and text line to Vinny Rotino of Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Good evening, Vinny. How are you, my friend? 
Hey, Brian, how are you doing? I am doing fabulous. I will ask you the question I'm asking our fans. When you think about Lorenzo Cain's time in Milwaukee, what's the lasting memory for you and what's his legacy going to be? You know what, Brian? You hit the nail on the head with bringing and establishing that winning culture back in Milwaukee. I know at times they've had that with uh, some of the playoff runs that they've had. I think we may have, uh, may have lost Vinny momentarily. We'll try to reconnect with him. But I think, you know, that's that's going to be the key. And we'll get to a couple of these texts here on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's that reestablishment. Um, let's go to, to, to Mitch in Sturgeon Bay. Mitch says that it's it's really that. It's being a leader, that veteran leader, when the Brewers needed that so desperately when they tried to make the jump to being a perennial playoff team. Uh, a texter from the 414 says, not today, just two words. And I think that's uh, in relation to the robbing of the home run that we played in our first segment on opening day back in 2019. Just one of those memorable plays. Another texter from the 414 saying he was a class act always. And that's a thousand percent true. He was the consummate pro. He was always great with us, the media. He was always great with the fans, signing autographs, just being a fan favorite. It takes a lot. It takes uh, a lot of grooming over the course of a long Major League Baseball career, and uh, nobody was more of a class act than Lorenzo Kane. And then Doug checks in on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line as well and says, Lorenzo helped the Brewers in two ways. The trade for Greinke back in 2011, and then coming back in 2017 as a free agent. Another National League Championship Series he is going to be missed, and most often going to be missed is his smile. That's a great point that Doug makes, that... Lowe was a part of that Zach Greinke trade back in 2011, and he was such a key part, Greinke was, of the Brewers uh, you know, going on the run that they did in the playoffs that season. So Lorenzo Cain helping multiple eras of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. We'll continue to try and reconnect with Vinny, uh, yeah, Vinny Rotino in just a couple of minutes here on Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, meanwhile, let's talk about Jason Alexander. The Brewers have had some well-documented injury issues. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, Freddie Peralta going to be out probably until August. Brandon Woodruff working his way back. We'll get to him momentarily. But Jason Alexander, in a lot of ways, keeping this Brewers pitching staff afloat. He earns his first major league victory today. 1-0 pitch to Farmer. Swinging a ground ball back to Alexander, who's got it cleanly. Throws to second one. Urias back to first. Two. That's a double play. Another soft ground ball induced by Jason Alexander. Score at 1-4-3. Inning over. That was the biggest jam of the day, really, for Jason Alexander until he was pulled from the game. And he made an athletic play, a little pirouette to turn to there uh, and, and get out of a, a pretty significant jam in the fourth inning against the Cincinnati Reds. He earns his first Major League victory, as we just mentioned, and he's been really solid so far. Four starts, 20-plus innings pitched now, an ERA under three. He's earned the belief of David Stearns. He did a great job. That's one of the better major league debuts I've ever seen, and especially given a little bit of a rocky first inning for him to gather himself, go back out there and get us deep into the game, which we really needed last night. That is Stearns after Alexander's major league debut a couple of weeks ago. He's been rock solid, and this speaks to really needing depth in your organization, right? It speaks to the depth that David Stearns and company have built, where if you have injuries, and every single major league team is going to have them at some juncture, whether they're significant or whether they're little 10-day stints on the injured list, you need to have guys that are able to bop up from AAA and just tread water. 
That's exactly what Jason Alexander's done. He's probably done a little bit more than that. And if the Brewers run into issues at some point down the line, Alexander has now earned the trust of Craig Council and David Stearns to be a key piece to fit in over the course of a 162-game marathon. As for Brandon Woodruff, he is in action tonight. Uh, Woodruff has not pitched in a couple of weeks' time, more specifically uh, May 27th when he sprained his right ankle. And then during his stint on the injured list, he was also diagnosed with Raynaud's syndrome, which limits flood. He's got some numbness in his fingers, so we'll get to more on Brandon Woodruff and his performance uh, in AAA later on in the show. Let's reconnect now with uh, Vinny Rotino. Vinny, let's get back to Low Kane. Uh, we kind of cut off in the middle of your answer about his legacy. Let's just restart. What are you going to remember about his time in Milwaukee? Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head, Brian, with the idea that, you know, he brought that winning culture back to Milwaukee. Um, I know that they've had some runs in the playoffs before his tenure, but he always seemed to, you know, just show up at the right time. He would always play his best baseball at the end of the season in September and October. I remember Eddie Cedar coming up through the minor leagues. I came up through the minor leagues with Low Kane with Milwaukee before he got traded over to the Kansas City Royals, but it was always the idea. Eddie Cedar always said, always, you got to always play your best when it matters the most and that's it's not how you start it's how you finish and Locaine always seemed to finish the season on a high note he like I said was always clutch played his best baseball at the end of the year and in the playoffs so that's what that's what I'll remember most about him Vinny Rotino Valley Sports Wisconsin with us here on Brewers Extra Innings WTMJ Vinny how important is that veteran presence in the clubhouse day in and day out over the course of a 162 game season it's exactly what low was for this Brewers team for the better part of five years yeah, it's it's very important. I mean, it just seems that the Brewers don't bring in anybody without doing their due diligence, doing their homework, and knowing who the player is in terms of like what what kind of winner is he? Is he a winner? Is this a guy going to bring it every single day? Is he going to be a positive influence on other players in the clubhouse? And Low Kane embodied that. He personified being what a winner means and what a winner is. And so, um, you know, they have enough of those guys currently that it's it's not as if like him leaving this team is going to somehow just have the clubhouse go in some sort of negative direction but he was very important he was very instrumental in creating that culture for for the better part of five seasons now Vinny, we were just talking about Jason Alexander. He's now four starts deep into this stint with the Milwaukee Brewers. Gets his first major league win today. 7-3 win over the Reds. He goes 5-2 and two thirds and was really solid. Uh, how has he performed from your perspective over these first four starts when the Brewers have quite frankly really needed him due to the injuries to Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff? I mean, he's been unbelievable, and I'm not. I'm gonna. I, my my good buddy Dominic Catronio says I use that word a little too often, but he really has been unbelievable. I mean, the idea that he comes in out of nowhere. This guy was selling cars in 2020 after the pandemic uh, canceled the minor league season. He didn't know if he was going to play baseball again, but he comes back. He signs with Miami Marlins last year. It was a year after Tommy John. Now two years after Tommy John is this season. He's coming back. He's up to 95 with that sinker it is a really really good sinker he's able to repeat his delivery delivery just over and over very consistent with it and so that allows him to get the ball to spots get the ball to areas in the strike zone and then he's got the slider as well and mixes in the changeup. so he does a phenomenal job of keeping guys off balance it's not as if he's going to have wipeout strikeout type of stuff but he's going to be very consistent from outing to outing now he will give up some some runs from time to time just because 
guys are going to put the ball and play a ton off of him because it is the sinker. It's not the strikeout stuff. But it's going to be on the ground. He got 10 more ground ball outs today. Uh, this is just a, an incredible find by the Brewers, especially like you said, Brian, the fact that they got him at a time that they need him the most when these guys are going on the injured list. As for Brandon Woodruff, and he's in action right now uh, with Nashville in Memphis, two innings deep right now, two hits, one run, five Ks so far in tonight's game. How do you think David Stearns and the Brewers balance needing him back, obviously, because he's one of your two stud pitchers versus being patient, making sure he's 100% healthy before you bring him back? I, I mean, I, to me, I, just learning a little bit about this this injury that that he's dealing with, with his the feel and the dexterity in his fingers and stuff. It's it seems as if if he's good to go, you almost just have to build him up from the time that he missed in terms of being able to throw pitches and then bring him back. Like if he's good enough to go and and, and has enough feel for his pitches in in his repertoire, then I think you bring him back as soon as you can. It's not as if this is an injury to his arm where all of a sudden you're concerned about needing a little bit more time off you don't want to tax the arm too much this this to me feels like it seems like it's just a, a feel thing and it's not going to get any worse uh if you bring it back a little bit so i would bring it back as soon as possible this team needs them a couple of more for you Vinny and Vinny rotino from valley sports wisconsin is joining us here on brewers extra innings wcmj brian d in for matt Pauley this evening the crew coming off a 7-3 win over the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Christian Yelich, he had his nine-game hit streak snapped last night, but goes two for five today, two more runs. Do you think he's now permanently the leadoff guy because he's been able to break out of this couple of season-long slump over the last two weeks, or uh, do the Brewers want to move him back somewhere else in the uh, the lineup? I would I would continue to have him in, in the leadoff spot. Personally, I think this is an opportunity for him to just kind of get comfortable, not feel like he's got to go five for four every game with seven home runs, right? I mean, obviously, I'm being a little <laughs> tongue-in-cheek there, but it's um, you know, he just seems a little bit more comfortable in the leadoff spot, and it's just a lot. He seems like a guy that puts a lot of pressure on himself. He wants to win almost too bad and um, and that's that's a good quality to have in a player but at the same time it can hurt you in terms of you know putting too much pressure on yourself and getting out of your rhythm and getting out of you know what makes you really really good so I think that Christian Yelich is, is in a good spot in this leadoff spot he's getting on base again like you mentioned Brian he had a couple of hits today uh, putting the ball in play staying middle the other way so that, I think he's in a good spot. All right, last thing for you, Vinny. We'll have a little fun here. What do you make of the new City Connect jerseys that were unveiled yesterday morning, and what's your kind of favorite feature of that new look that the Brewers are going to uh, to showcase for the first time next weekend against the Blue Jays? Well, you know what, Brian? I put my foot in my mouth, as I sometimes do on the on the pre- and post-game show, and Craig Deshaun let me hear it pretty good because I did say I do love the powder blue color, and, yes. I, almost, and I actually did say that I even like it so much that I, I like it when the Cardinals wear wow. that powder blue color so i definitely put my foot in my mouth by saying that i you know enjoyed something from the st louis cardinals which we all hate of course as brewer fans but i do love that powder blue i think it's really sharp it's a really good look i even copped myself a hat at the brewers team store yesterday morning so get out there it's good nice. stuff Vinny, appreciate the time man have a great saturday night and uh, let's uh, complete this sweep tomorrow afternoon
Definitely. Thanks, Brian. There you go. That's Vinny Rotino, Bally Sports Wisconsin. Coming up next here on Brewers Extra Innings, we will keep taking your thoughts, your memories on Lorenzo Cain, who was designated for assignment earlier this afternoon. And we'll dive a little deeper into this offensive renaissance, I suppose. Brewers snapping out of it at the dish. That's coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. High and deep to center field. Way, way back. Senzel all the way to the wall. He'll be a spectator. Goodbye. Willie Adamas out to the deepest part of Great American Ballpark. His second home run in his many days. The Brewers have a 3-0 lead. Willie Adamas getting locked in at the plate. For the first time in almost a month, the Milwaukee Brewers have won a series. 7-3 win over the Cincinnati Reds this afternoon. They go for the sweep tomorrow at 12.40 in a game you can hear right here on WTMJ. My name is Brian D. In for Matt Pauley, this is Brewers Extra Innings. And you just heard Willie Adamas going deep. The offense snapping out of it a little bit over the last four games. Run totals 10, 4, 5, and now 7 today. David Stern speaking earlier this week with our team on WTMJ, talking about how the Brewers really need an offensive breakout, and they've gotten it over the last three or four days here. Yeah, it was needed. Look, we've, we've been scuffling, um, and we, we haven't swung the bats consistently. We haven't really played consistent baseball now for two weeks. So to get a win like last night, uh, a good complete team win, good starting pitching, good offense, good defense, good relief pitching, um, I think that allowed everyone to exhale, um, feel good about themselves, and we got to go out and do it again today. That is David after the 10-2 to win over the Mets that secured Craig Council as the winningest manager uh, in Milwaukee Brewers history earlier this week. You know what I love about that, too, is he acknowledges it. He doesn't tiptoe around the fact that the Brewers are struggling offensively. He's very matter-of-fact in saying, look, we haven't been good enough. And we're not just going to rest on our laurels and say, let's let our starting pitching and our defense carry us the rest of the way to a division title. He's constantly going to tweak things and move things and put Christian Yelich in the leadoff spot and shake things up and hope to get guys back healthy like Hunter Renfro, who we'll get to momentarily. But David Stearns was very matter-of-fact and always is about the shortcomings of his ball clubs, and he actively tries to fix those things over the course of a season. Let's talk about Christian Yelich. He did have his nine-game hitting streak snapped last night uh, in a win over the Cincinnati Reds, but he bounces right back today in that leadoff spot. Two for five, and he scores two runs. Ashcraft brings home the pitch, and Yelich a bouncing ball. Fair ball down the third baseline. Yelich, big turn at first. Now he puts the brakes on late. He's going to hustle back, and now the throw goes into right field, so Yelich is going to put the brakes on and head to second base. Yelich puts both hands in the air to his dugout with a big smile on his face. Another nod and tip of the cap to Lorenzo Kane with the celebration there. Uh, Christian Yelich kind of with a de facto double there. I get that it was on an error. That's the one concerning part to me still with Christian, even with hits in 10 of his last 11 games, is a lot of these hits have been singles. And when Christian Yelich was at his best in 2018 and 2019, it was extra base hits like crazy. It was home runs like crazy. He was legging out doubles and triples seemingly every single night. Now, I don't want to get greedy here because Christian has struggled a lot. 
but at some point you want to see him snap out of it and start getting back to those extra base hits as opposed to these seeing eye singles. Once again, not complaining. He's putting the bat on the baseball for what seems like the first time in three years, which is hallelujah, thank goodness he's back. That being said, let's parlay this into something bigger, Christian. I'm really curious to see if he continues to heat up, if the Brewers keep him in this leadoff spot, or if they decide to slide him back uh, into a second, third, fourth role where he's been at different points over the course of his last couple of seasons, and obviously those great MVP runs. And health is a big part of this, too, not just for Christian, but for guys like Hunter Renfro, who are finally back in the lineup. Big-time dinger today, insurance run for the Brewers in the seventh. The one pitch at high and deep, way, way back in left field. Fam turning and watching. See you later. Another one, Hunter Renfro. Second in that direction in as many days here in Cincinnati, and the Brewers get one back. 7-3 game in the seventh inning. That was a blast from Hunter Renfro. It's really kind of a simple equation with the Milwaukee Brewers. When they're not hitting home runs, they're not very good. When they are hitting home runs, they're damn near unbeatable because their pitching and their defense are just that good. It's a simple equation, but when it works, it works, and it's worked a lot over the last five seasons. Coming up next here on Brewers Extra Innings, we will hear from the skipper. Craig Council speaks after a 7-3 win over the Cincinnati Reds. We'll hear from him next. In addition to continuing to take your thoughts on Lorenzo Cain, designated for assignment earlier today, what is your lasting memory of Lowe in Milwaukee? That's next on Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. 2-2, swing and a miss. Trevor Kelly gets Joey Votto swinging. He threw him the two-seam fastball, and that's a memory for Kelly, I know. Boy, are the Cincinnati Reds sick and tired of the Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings. Brian Dean for Matt Pauley this evening here on WTMJ. The Brew Crew with a 7-3 win in Cincinnati this afternoon. They take the first two games of this three-game series and improve their record against the Reds this season to 6-2. Boy, have the Brewers just dominated the Reds over the course of the last four or five years. It feels like every time they're taking on Cincinnati, they're putting up a big number offensively. Christian Yelich is hitting for another cycle. Cincinnati's got to be sick of Milwaukee over the last couple of years. And it continued today with this 7-3 victory down there in Cincy. Let's hear from the manager. Craig Council, speaker with the media after a big-time victory today. And it's starting, it started, the victory did, with starting pitching. Terrific starting pitching. Another solid outing in his fourth career start and first career Major League win for Jason Alexander. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's... Um... I mean, I thought the first three innings, you know, he was really good. He's getting some strange swings and um, it's very weak contact. Um, but that, that's part of the success. I mean, he's not striking guys out. Um, uh, but he's so he's been really efficient um, with with the pitches. Um, so I mean, he's done a great job for us. I mean, he's he's been um, a big kind of stabilizer with a lot of the injuries you know you lose two starters and, and for a guy like that to come step in and, and um, just be a stabilizer like he's been and deliver a good start after good start is, is a big deal do you think that all comes from ex- experience with age and then kind of being a sinker baller and like used to having guys on that he just 
it seems like he just stays really composed. Out. Yeah, I mean, I think age is a part of it for sure. I think the, the ground ball, um, you know, gets you out of some innings quickly, um, keeps limits limits damage. I think his, his you know his profile is what he's done a really good job of is just limiting the the damage ball, right? Um, and, and that you know makes the league string together hits, and, and that's we know that's hard to do. He made it a really busy day for Chase over at third. Yeah. So, I mean, how valuable has Chase's defense been? Yeah, well, it's, you know, I, I think I, I do when when Jason's on the mound, I, I'm considered it's defense because the ball is going to be in play. And, and certainly infielders are important, but I, I even think the outfielders are important, as, as we saw with Tyrone's catch today. So it's thinking defense when he's in, and if we make plays for him, um, you know, we, we can get out of an inning like that. Um, and, and Jace did a nice job. Tyrone made a great play. It's nice to see uh, Davis just be active all day on base a bunch of times. Yeah, it's, I'm just happy for him. Um, you know, it's not the easiest situation to step into. It He had a long day. He's up at 4 in the morning to get here. Um, drove here. Um, so he's, he's going to he earn some sleep tonight. What about uh, Trevor Kelly? He was really valuable. With yeah, I mean, things. yeah. We obviously were doing things a little differently in the bullpen, and but we we had this, they had to stretch the lineup. Or um, there's five righties, and, and Trevor did a, did a great job. Um, there's five big outs for sure, and he, he handled it very well. Didn't didn't have to get Hobie up until you know deep in the eighth inning, and we stayed away from Devin and, and boxes. I wasn't going to use box today, so it was really well done. Well done by um, all the guys: Sanchi, Big Out, Trevor Kelly, and Hobie. There you go. That is Brewers manager Craig Council after today's seven to three Brewers victory over the Cincinnati Reds. Spoke a lot about Jason Alexander there and the job he's done over the last four starts since coming up to the big league club. Alexander once again earning his first major league victory today. The line on that victory, five and two-thirds innings pitched, eight hits, three runs, two earned, one walk, two strikeouts. He's been invaluable as the Brewers await the return of Brandon Woodruff, hopefully sooner rather than later, and Freddie Peralta definitely later in the season. In addition to the 7-3 win today, the big storyline for the Brewers is designating Lorenzo Cain for assignment. The 36-year-old no longer a member of the crew. That roster move happening earlier today. We're asking you on the Akinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line for your lasting memory of Lorenzo Cain as a Milwaukee Brewer now that his time in Milwaukee has come to an end. 855-616-1620, the number to get in. Let's go to Brian in Racine. Brian, you are on Brewers Extra Innings, WTMJ. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just, I, you know, I was saddened when I heard the news this morning that, that they DFA'd him. Um, I just want to thank uh, Lorenzo for, for everything he's done for the Brewers and for the city. Um, so many great memories watching him play. Um, and, I, and I saw his, his post-game interview the other night when they uh, interviewed him and talked about him getting his 10 years of experience of, of uh, major league experience, and for this to happen just a few short days later, you know, you saw the writing on the wall and it was coming. But like I said, I, I just wanted to thank him, and you know, who knows if he does a like a Matt Carpenter thing that that he's doing with the, with the Yankees, he comes back in another month or two and 
joins some club and and he gets a, another ring, you know, God bless him. You know, either way, I'm rooting for him. But I just wanted to thank him for everything he's done for for the Brewers. Awesome stuff, Brian. We appreciate the call, 855-616-1620. And I think Brian makes a key point there about the 10 years of Major League experience. When you hit that plateau as a Major Leaguer, your pension is guaranteed going forward forever. And the Brewers waited specifically for him to hit that 10-year uh, you know, plateau today before designated him for assignment for that very reason. We got a text on the Academic Mortgage Talk and text line from Mitch in Sturgeon Bay asking to explain what the club's financial responsibility is for a player if he's DFA'd in the middle of the season. I don't specifically know the answer to that question. Mitch, I guarantee you I'll ask David Stearns when he joins us on Wisconsin's Morning News on Thursday morning of this upcoming week. That being said, the Brewers did Lorenzo Cain a huge solid by waiting to DFA him after he hit that 10-year plateau, guaranteeing his pension forever. Classy stuff by the Brewers. And this was, once again, kind of presented today as a mutual parting of ways, where Lorenzo understood that his time was probably coming to an end. The Brewers felt the same way, and there was like a handshake agreement going, okay, now's the right time, 10 years, let's part ways. So classily done on everybody's front. David Stearns, Lorenzo Cain, Craig Council. Everybody did this right, and that speaks volumes about everybody involved, right? Lorenzo has always been a class act, and the Brewers are about as well-run of an organization as you're going to find in Major League Baseball. Keep getting your thoughts in on Lorenzo Cain like Mike in Colorado did. He said, overall, today's game, really good game and a great win for Jason Alexander. Jonathan Davis, who comes up in place of Lorenzo Cain, gets his first two major league hits. And it seemed like the team had some extra juice right from the start. I think that's an astute point and a great observation from Mike in Colorado. And I've mentioned it a couple of times here on Brewers Extra Innings. After Rowdy Telez's RBI double early in the game, and after Christian Yelich's double early in the game as well, they both threw up the Lorenzo Cain. I, I, I'm calling them spirit fingers. If you've watched any Brewers baseball over the last five years, you know exactly the gesture I'm talking about. Lowe did it after every big hit. He would throw his hands up in the air and kind of say, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it pumped up the entire dugout. There were a couple of those that happened from the Brewers toward the dugout in today's game and a clear tip of the cap and a pound to the chest to Lorenzo Cain. So I think in some ways the low Cain news inspired the Brewers to this 7-3 win today. Mike continues and says, Lowe was never really the same after he sat out the COVID year. Sorry to see him having to leave the game. His defense is going to be missed, especially some of these spectacular wall-crashing catches. I think we're all going to miss those. We will walk you through the highlights of today's 7-3 win here on the other side. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Brian D. Brewers 7, Cincinnati 3. Let's walk you through how we got to that final score in Cincinnati today. It started in the first inning for the crew. Christian Yelich doubles to start the game in his new leadoff role where he's excelled, getting hits in nine of the last ten games. And then Rowdy Telez doubled him in. And here's a line drive into right center field. That's going to get down and roll all the way to the wall. Yelich could walk home if he wanted to. Telez turns first and jogs into second with an RBI double. And the Brewers with an early 1-0 lead. They built upon that one nothing lead in the third inning 
Mentioned it earlier in the show, when the Brewers are hitting home runs, they're pretty darn good. And Willie Adamas went deep. A long hold. And now the first pitch coming. Adamas hits it high and deep to center field. Way, way back. Senzel all the way to the wall. He'll be a spectator. Goodbye. Willie Adamas out to the deepest part of Great American Ballpark. His second home run in his many days. The Brewers have a 3-0 lead. Willie Adamas getting locked in at the plate. Luis Urias made it 4-0 in that same third inning with an RBI double. Rowdy Telez scored on that one, so the Brewers built their lead to 4-0. Lorenzo Cain's gone. He was DFA'd. But that doesn't mean the Brewers don't have defense in the outfield. Tyrone Taylor doing his best low Kane impression. Not today. He caught it. Yep, we just saw the first replay, and that is an incredible catch by Tyrone Taylor. Not just to get in position, but to get the glove underneath that ball before it hit the ground. That's phenomenal. As you said, he knew he had it, and he came walking in immediately. No panic at all from him. Jason Alexander's not going to the dugout yet. But Tyrone Taylor's in there smiling and laughing with his teammates. What a catch. Diving to the backhand side towards the infield. Jason Alexander getting some help, but he was part of the help today, too. In the fourth inning, an athletic play of pirouette to turn a 1-4-3 double play and really get himself out of the only jam he faced all day. 1-0 pitch to Farmer, swinging a ground ball back to Alexander, who's got it cleanly. Throws to second one, Urias back to first. Two. That's a double play. Another soft ground ball induced by Jason Alexander. Score at 1-4-3. Inning over. Alexander earning his first career Major League win. Five and two-thirds innings pitched. Eight hits, three runs, two earned, one walk, and two Ks. Those runs were earned by the Reds. They did tack on a couple in the fifth and sixth innings. Got the score to 6-3. to three. But Hunter Renfro back from injury with some insurance in the seventh inning. The one pitch at high and deep, way, way back in left field. Fam turning and watching. See you later. Another one, Hunter Renfro. Second in that direction in as many days here in Cincinnati. And the Brewers get one back. 7-3 game in the seventh inning. That was a blast from Hunter Renfro. Renfro with his 12th home run of the season. He tag-teamed once again with Willie Adamas, who went deep earlier in the game. The Reds didn't just roll over. They got a couple of runners on in the bottom half of that seventh inning. And the dangerous, the ever-dangerous Joey Votto stepped to the plate, only to be, only to be stymied by Trevor Kelly. 2-2, swing and a miss. Trevor Kelly gets Joey Votto swinging. He threw him the two-seam fastball, and that's a memory for Kelly, I know. Solid stuff from the young guys, and it continued in the bottom of the ninth. No Josh Hader, no problem. Hobie Milner shuts it down. 2-2 pitch. Half-hearted swing and a miss. He went around on that curveball, and Hobie Milner strikes out Drury. The Brewers win it by a final score of 7-3 here today. The Brewers improved to 37-30 and 30 on the season, hanging right there with the St. Louis Cardinals atop the division. 
Let's check in on St. Louis, shall we? They're at Fenway Park tonight, 4-2 to two currently leading in the top of the fifth there. The Brewers just have to remain in striking distance with those St. Louis Cardinals. Those two teams will face off in Milwaukee this week at AmFam Field as the Brewers return home from their third extended road trip of the first half of the season. But as it stands, the Brewers just half a game back of first place in the NL Central. The Brewers are going to come home, so we'll get them back. But will the Brewers get Brandon Woodruff back? We will check in on how his outing is going in Memphis with the Nashville Sounds. That's coming up next here on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Not today. When I say low, you say Kane. Lorenzo Kane designated for assignments earlier this afternoon, but left a lot of great memories here with the Brewers organization, really across the state of Wisconsin. My name's Brian Z. In for Matt Pauley this evening, this is Brewers Extra Innings. The Brewers 7-3 winners over the Cincinnati Reds this afternoon. They go for the sweep of Cincy tomorrow. It'll be a 12:41 first pitch. Coverage starts here at noon on WTMJ. Keeping our, our eyes down in Memphis, Tennessee tonight as well, where Brandon Woodruff made his rehab start, his first rehab start with the Nashville Sound since spraining his ankle late in the month of May. He's finished. Two and two-thirds innings, gave up two hits, one run, one earned, one walk, seven strikeouts for Brandon Woodruff in his first rehab assignment. That's encouraging. That's a positive sign for Woody, who... Spoke earlier this week about his bullpen session leading into this rehab start. I did 40 pitches probably, so an up-down. Uh, tried to simulate two innings, had a batter, batter in, and was able to, uh, today was the first time I was able to throw all the pitches. Um, so that's a pretty big step. So I uh, felt like I had some pretty good feeling in my finger. Not only is he dealing with an ankle, but as he alluded to there, some numbness due to a condition in his throwing hand. It's something he's just going to have to manage. I don't think it's something that's totally going to go, just completely go away. I think it's something I'll probably deal with a little bit, but um, I think the warm weather is very helpful. Positive signs from Brandon Woodruff tonight in that first rehab start with the Nashville Sounds. Seven strikeouts in two and two-thirds innings pitched. Coming up next, we'll preview tomorrow's game. An opportunity for the Brewers to sweep the Cincinnati Reds. We'll wrap it up on the other side. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. I think I've buried the lead. For just the second time in seven years, Matt Pauley is missing a show here on Brewers Extra Innings. His daughter had a dance recital today. He'll be back in the mix tomorrow. Appreciate him giving me the opportunity to hang out with you. Brewers 7, Reds 3, your final score this afternoon. The crew goes for the sweep tomorrow in Cincy. Coverage here on WTMJ starts at noon. For producer Justin Pottinger, my name is Brian D. This has been Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.